Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the Ramon Foster Show. I am your fill-in host for DK, Eddie Provino. With me is the man who the show is named after, Ramon Foster. Uh, Ramon, it's cut day, and, uh, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't cut DK, but it is cut day, so I don't know how to take that, man. What do you think? <laughs> he mess around and get cut playing around with us, man, if he don't continue to show up like that. But, no, nah, big man got work he got to do in other cities, yes, sir. so I guess we're man out in Milwaukee, hanging out with the Buccos. Uh, we're brought to you by the Gecko Cafe and Market, always serving up hot, fresh food 24-7. Uh, Moan, it is Cate, though, for the Steelers. And that, that's yeah. kind of what we got to talk about today. The two that surprised me the most were uh, John LeGlue and Henry Mondo. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you had said off air you were pretty uh, surprised by both Davis brothers. Uh, what, do yeah. you, what do you think about these cuts, man? Man, it's it's. A, I think everybody saw it and just were saying, "Oh, okay. Well, I I get that one." Mondo situation. I guess when you go go uh, get Leal, the rookie, that kind of you know upseats him. And Buddy Johnson kind of shocked me a little bit too, considering you know his position last year. Like that fourth was a fourth pick, round yeah. draft pick, man. And and then he's out. And and of course, like I said, Carlos and Khalil Davis, like. I, I expected one of them to stick around, uh, and I didn't expect both. Uh, again, I, I joked the second. I was like, oh, well, 73 is open again. But uh, aside from, from that, man, it I guess they feel good with everybody coming back. Of, of course, you know, with Larry Ogunjobi playing in the last game, you also get Tyson back. You got Leal also in the, in the lineup, and you know, like I know, Cam doesn't leave the field. So – that position in general is probably pretty much sold up for the most part. So, uh, again, you're, you're right about that. Uh, LeGlue did not see him being a guy that was going to get let go. I, I wasn't on that train, didn't expect it, couldn't say I expected it or anything, man. No, a uh, little shocked by that. Yeah, I mean, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, we were, I remember you and DK talking about yeah. him having his name in the hat for a starting position or like a – you know, that backup kind of waiting for somebody to mess up position. And uh, I, that one was, I think, the one that took me by surprise the most. Right. Me too, man. And 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 I, I guess they feel well about, you know, Trent Scott as of right now, still mm-hmm. on the team. Uh, they have the two tackles also. And Joe Haig, J.C. Hausner is also another guy to me that may have upseated uh, LeGlue just because mm-hmm. I know J.C. can play guard. I know J.C. can also play center and has played center too. J.C. Right. is just a work pal type of dude that's continuing to show up year in and year out, man. He, you know, uh, a Doug Ligurski type, you know, a guy that's very serviceable, man, that's, that plays well when you ask him to. And, um, again, was not really expecting that one, but I, I get it. I, it also lends me to say the roster may not be complete. I don't know yeah. if they go out and find another uh, offensive lineman somewhere too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, like I mean, they already added. I mean, we're getting to the defensive side of the ball here, but they already added Malik Reed today. I think there's yeah. that's pending a physical and everything, so it's not like completely official yet. But uh, but I know that they added uh, on at edge, and he's a guy that can play. He's 13 sacks in the last two seasons, coming from Denver, who's a you know it's a solid defense, so he he knows what it takes to be in a in a very good defense. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm I'm with you, man. I, I think that you know adding there might be an addition on the offensive line that we're waiting to hear about. There might be something like that. Um, The other question I have for you though, Ramon is, you know, we talk about cut day in the media and I think fans talk about cut day. Like like it's just nothing. Like it's, it's just another day for us. It's It's a big big news day. It's a, it's supposed to happen. Yeah. But you were, I think you were in a unique position to talk about this because you were a guy that was 
an undrafted free agent that was probably mm-hmm. on that fringe that had some worries. Then you mm-hmm. were a guy that had that solidified spot. Yeah. And then you were a guy that, you know, you also probably your second, third year where, you know, you're fighting for a position, you know, you're going to make the roster, but you know, you're fighting for that starting spot. Like yeah. as a player, what is cut day? I mean, like, you know, take, take us through that, take that, take us through that whole, that whole thing, you know, the, the mental side of cut day for the players, for the locker room, you know, for friends, that kind of stuff. Uh, as you said, like um, after f- first year, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And the second year, I felt like I was in survival mode. Uh, third year, man, I'll never forget. It's just like, all right, what's going to happen? And then the year I got tendered going into my fourth year, I was just like, they can really just cut me. Like I got to perform like every year I was nervous for <laughs> cut day, except for the years I had resigned. Any year okay. after I signed the deal, so year five, I resigned. Okay, I was done there. Year, I think, nine or year eight, I end up resigning again. And uh, it was just, and then year 10, I did another one. And it was just like, goodness gracious, like you're never safe until you know you're on the active day roster day one on kickoff. Mm-hmm. Like it was time, especially in my young career. Uh, <laughs> I used to be on the bus uh, on the way to the airport for the, during the first week because that Saturday doesn't really, you know, uh, the Saturday before the game at four o'clock or three o'clock Eastern is when the roster's locked. And I used to be on the bus. I remember saying it going to an away game like, mm. all right, I made it, you know, because it's, it's so much stress. Man, I've seen guys get upset about it. I've seen guys break down and cry about it. I've seen guys think that they were safe. And then the, the and, and then the Grim Reaper walks into the room mm. and I'm thinking to myself, well, pfft. I know this one ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you see a guy, you're like, yeah, man, he's head down. And what's so wild about it, so many different other emotions. Some guys are ready to be cut. You know, some guys are like, all right, it's time for this next chapter. You know the writing on right. the wall. It's, it's never easy. And I've also kind of just conditioned myself post-football to just be like, all right, stuff, it, life keeps moving. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you hate it for those dudes. You hate it for the situation because a lot of guys today – might not play football ever again because next year's another recruiting class and, you know, they'll go find another free agent on another team and you didn't play a lot in the preseason. So it's over and done with for you. It never sat easy for me. I never wanted to be around dudes on cut day because I've seen guys I've walked with, man, what up? Because you're still teammates, right? Man, what up, man? Hope everything is cool. And then like 45 minutes later, you see their name on the waiver wire. Like they just got... It's an uneasy feeling because it's it's like the biggest, literally, besides hitting the, the, the lotto, the biggest, like, job interview you can have as far as going in, making that type of money that you get, like, really legitimately changing the trajectory of your, your family life if you get that opportunity. And not even just that, the opportunity just to keep playing, it gets shut down and is crushing. I, I personally haven't gone through that, but I've seen dudes. I've yeah. been in Niagara Fall on a family vacation with the guy on cut weekend that thought he was safe. Okay? And we're looking at the waterfall uh-huh. in Canada. And he gets a call at about 3 o'clock. And he's like, I, hey, I, I got a roll. Lo and behold, he was cut. That's why I separated myself from guys like that's the reality of like, man, you just don't know sometimes. I didn't expect both Davis brothers, Carlos mm-hmm. and Khalil, to get cut like that. Like, no, not or or LeGlue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's man, like to, to hear those stories, you know, again, like fans and media, I think we do take it a little bit for granted because it's just it's a it's a part of the NFL season. It and, is. And, and you know, that and it's a business. 
but there is a human side to all of this stuff. And to hear, you know, the inside scoop on that, you know, we're going to talk in the second segment more about what the implications are for the Steelers and the roster. But I, I think one of the things I appreciate about having you on this show and having this opportunity is, you know, we get to see every in the, in the fan, you know, in the comment section, we always hear the, the day in the life or the week in the life of Ramon, you know, of, the, yeah. of an NFL player. And I, I so appreciate uh, the fact that, you know, you open you, you open that win, window up for us and you you kind of, you know, pull the curtain back yeah. and like this. This is what this is what real life in the NFL is. It's it's a lot of fun. But, you know, sometimes it, it is a business and sometimes it, it stings, you know. Oh, yeah, it yeah. does, man. And and that's where it hits home for players. man I'm always sympathetic to it. It's, but again, this is the uh, avenue in order for us to get to the regular season to us. One thing I will say. Yes, sir. And uh, when we come back, we will talk about the uh, roster implications for the Steelers and what some of these cuts mean. Maybe they'll add some more people. We'll see. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Ruin Foster Show. And in the first segment, we talked about cut day. And, you know, there's guys, like we said, the, the Davis brothers, Mondo, uh, LeGlue, guys that are, you know, were on the roster last year that we didn't expect to see uh, have to take a hike, but they're they're sure. gone. And uh, in, in return so far, the Steelers have made one trade. Uh, the reports are that it's Malik Reed and the Browns seventh round pick of next of this next draft for the Steelers sixth round pick of the coming draft. Uh, what do you think about that trade? I I like it. I think it gets yeah. some depth on the on the edge. What do you think? We talked about a, uh, that a little bit too, man. Just considering, you know, of course, on the outside edge, man, you got TJ Watt and you also have uh, uh, Alex Highsmith. And we were just also asking that mm-hmm. question. Well, who's behind them? You know, TJ got to, you know, he had to grow in a little bit last year. God's going to attack him differently because he is who he is now. By the way, I still thought number six overall was too low for him for the NFL 100. TJ should have been higher. Honestly, top three in my opinion, but that's just me though. Um, but, TJ, and then you also have, like I said, Highsmith. Like, those two guys can't go the entire time. And and just watching what they're going to be able to do and what's asked of them this entire season, they're needed to be dealt. We mentioned that a little bit not too long ago about, okay, I'm, I'm a little worried about that position as far as depth goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually happy they they uh, went and addressed it, man. And they ended up getting a, a real good pick out of it. I had a stat line pulled up earlier, man. Uh, but just in general, he's been a game starter. This guy gets after the quarterback. I looked at his pro football reference, and it shows uh, he was more or less – he split time. He ended up having five sacks last year, playing 50% of the defensive snaps. Always available for the most part. Look like you get a guy that's not necessarily – this is the thing, not a burner at going to go get sacks. Like, he's not Von Miller off the edge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, reminds me a little bit more of Lamar Woodley type. A bigger okay. body guy that's going to secure, secure the edge, and if given that opportunity to go get after sacks, he is that dude. Uh, if, if you, if you ended up pulling them up, he has, uh, I think last year he ended up having eight sacks this, uh, two years ago, had eight sacks and last year ended up having five sacks, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I think it's good. You get a veteran guy, undrafted free agent. Um, so relatively cheap again, he's going into his fourth year. And mm-hmm. I think that's where they just uploaded mm-hmm. him off the roster, considering he's probably due to get paid next year. And it's also dealing with the fact, too, that they signed Randy Gregory this offseason. I know that probably played a factor in, look, 
It's, it's too many shifts in the kitchen. We got to get somebody right. out. You paired them up with Bradley Chubb. I thought this was a good deal for uh, Pittsburgh to take over, considering the fact they ended up getting a draft pick along with that. Uh, and there's no promise of having to take on a franchise tag or fifth-year option or nothing like that. This is a cut-and-dry deal after this season. This kid can have the opportunity to become a free agent. Yeah, and, and I, I like it from the standpoint, now you get a depth guy who yeah. we may see more of in the first and second week, depending on how bad this rib injury is for uh, Alex Highsmith. Yeah. So he may he may step right in and get some significant playing time. Uh, the other thing for me, though, is now you have a guy on the defensive line that's a depth guy and Chris Wormley, who had eight sacks yeah. last season. And you have a depth guy at edge who had five sacks last season, like you said, and eight the year before. So mm-hmm. you've got two depth guys now that know how to get after the quarterback. And oh. that's what this defense loves to do is get after the quarterback. They've led the NFL in sacks over the last five seasons. Oh. This is what they have built themselves on. And they have depth guys that are able to do that now. Yep, I, they do. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great move. I think it's a really good move too, man. I, out of left field for me, but uh, again mm-hmm. – up the other day about okay tj and and of course alex just like okay where are we getting you know depth from and i'm glad we finally addressed that man Derek uh tusca is a guy that you say okay yeah i, I like what he is but of course you need to be almost too deep at that situation uh, at that position so yep. it, it it makes sense and of course it's still a browns draft pick hey you know i'm all for that too eddie Hey, so now looking at the rest of the uh roster all right we've got you know it looks like the Steelers are going to be running with, uh, you know, Jalen Warren is the uh, running back number two yeah. um, who, listen, balled out in preseason, balled out in training camp, but he's he unproven did. in the regular season. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got some question marks at the offensive line. Um, again, they seem to be comfortable enough to let go of the glue, but I still think there's some questions there. And I know you do as well. Uh-huh. I know DK feels the same way. So do you expect to see them add anything else Uh before we hit Cincinnati? I, I'd say nah, because you look at the depth they have at tackle. They're veteran guys that have started and played in this league. Again, we don't know the quality until we see those guys with live bullets. Uh, as far as mm-hmm. Joe Haig and Trent Scott goes, man, JC has played in games before. This young group, of course, that we speak of from Dan Moore all the way over to Chooksacor for, man, they just simply got to grow. Hashing out this left guard position, Kevin Dyson, Kendrick Green, has to be something that is a focal point. You can't go into divisional ball at that spot lacking, man. And I'll throw this in there too. They're still one ace in the hole and they're saying I, I don't know if they're playing poker Eddie or I'm just up far and above what management is but to say we're not trading Mason Rudolph we're not getting rid of Mason Rudolph I don't know if that's raising uh, raising trade value or it's just going to be a lot of upset people <laughs> that Mason Rudolph is still on this roster so uh, <laughs> shout out to my guy for surviving the first wave uh, and and you know what? Either way, he's there. He's a stiller. You got your starter. And uh, we rock out that way when it comes to Mason and just the outfit of the quarterback room. Here's my thing with that. And, and, and we can end the second segment on this. What's the most important uh, position in sports? QB. 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 You're always trying to have depth at quarterback, right? Quality. Quality depth at quarterback. We saw – what it looks like when a young Mason Rudolph and Doc Hodges had to battle and scrap for every little bit that they got mm-hmm. when Ben went down with the elbow injury. 
isn't it nice to know that, man, if God forbid something happens to Mitch, we've got Kenny. The Steelers got yep. Kenny. And they, yep. they have they have their number two guy who's probably their franchise guy of the future. Yes. And God forbid you see two injuries. And it's happened in the NFL. I, I remember being in high school and college mm-hmm. watching Dennis Dixon play. I remember. Yep. And no knock on Dennis Dixon, but he no. wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. Nope. I remember watching third string guys play. Yep. Isn't it nice to know that – if, God forbid, you got to your third string quarterback, it's yeah. a dude that has played in the NFL, has had mm-hmm. some success, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. Yep. I remember going to a Monday night game against Cincinnati and watching him go 28 to 32 yeah. and taking the Steelers to a win. I remember that Mason Rudolph. Yeah. It's nice. nice to know that you have that at third string, man. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, man. And again, shout out to the guys that made it, man, whether it's the first year or other undrafted guys, man. Gunnar uh, uh, Oshesky, man, huge yep. shout out to him. Larry Ogunjobi coming back from this, man. Uh, and just in general, I love the fact that Marcus Allen is adjusting to the fact that he's a linebacker, not a safety or corner. Gene. I mean, just a, a bunch of guys, man. Shout out yep. to, to doing the job in camp, man. And I, I'm super excited to see what this is going to look like. Yes, sir. And uh, with that, takes us to everyone's favorite segment. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. As DK says, the only one that matters, the Hey Moan segment. We got a question from the website today. Mr. G's, the first comment on yesterday's show. Uh, it says Lil Foster, and I love that people are still calling you that, man. Lil Foster. They do. They do. <laughs> I, Shout out I to do. my older brothers, man. <laughs> I, I don't have the balls to call you Lil Foster, man. <laughs> uh, Lil Foster, I got a question for you. It says, if teams are going to attack Dan Moore's outside shoulder, shouldn't the tight end be utilized to help him more, even if it is obvious? Mm. That's a great question, man. That's that a is great a great te- question. Technical question. Because me, me being a film guy, I always look at film and I always say, where, where are my weaknesses at? You know, mm-hmm. and you got to be self-aware of that. And I think Dan Moore is too. With, with that being the case, as far as, you know, won't teams do it? Oh, they're going to try. It's, it's, I'm talking about 100 miles and running when it comes down to that like this. This will be something that he has to make go away. And, and I'm talking about fast, too, man, simply because you can't be the reason why. They, can't, they shouldn't be able to go to that move every single time whenever it's a pass rush or, or, or something like that. And what he has to do as far as, you know, you're asking if it's a tight end. No, don't rely on that uh, simply because – if we have some very dynamic tight ends, and if you have those guys inside blocking the entire time, there is nothing. It really handicaps the offense. With that being said, he has to go to film. He's got to go to a point to where he's making sure that he's taking those sets and being strong with his right hand. Yes, his right hand is so that he can control everything else from the left side. If I yeah. punch you inside out and move you, we're good. With the emphasis on don't drop that left foot, meaning we used to call it don't open up the gate. You know, the gate, that's the quickest path to the quarterback. Keeping a tight end in, I don't see those guys doing that. I don't see this offense operating like this. It's either fix it or we'll fix you. And you guys know what that means. Dan is very capable, man. This situation right here, as far as he goes, I, I, I just think it's a – he got two weeks to get right from this as far as correcting that. And I know Coach T is going to be all over. When it comes to Malik Reed practicing, 
You know what's probably going to happen more than anything? Because guess what? If you go look at the 2021 yep. film, Malik Reed got a sack off of him with that same move, okay? And practice the first week for the new prove-it guy. Malik Reed is you. Get him. And yep. that's what is it's going to be one-on-one reps for him. Not just banging hats after banging hats, but it will be, look, this is a guy that's going against you. Like, he understands where your defensive yards and work them. Dan has to find a way to clean that up, man. We can't go through the season this way, having tight ends in in the offense if it's not a long play-action play. Like, quarter running backs can come out of the backfield and chip them. But then you start giving up the inside. Like, you create other problems when you try to fix this problem too much. Right, and we've seen how Matt Canada wants to use the tight ends. Yep. In, in three preseason games, we've we've seen it. Uh, Dale brought up a good point in the um, in, in the um, in Matt Canada's uh, press conference today Yeah, that uh, Pat Fryermuth averaged 16 yards per catch in the preseason. Mm. That's up from eight yards last se- per catch last season. Now, Come again, on. that's preseason. There's a lot of different factors there. But you can see how the Steelers want to utilize their tight end. Yes. Now, if you're constantly asking your tight end to chip and help the the tackle, you take away that that extra, you yeah, know, you that half a second that he needs to yeah. maybe break free. There's all kinds of things. There's ripple effects in the offense. I'm going to put the rose-colored glasses on, though, for a quick second. Okay, let's hear it. All last year, watching Dan Moore in training camp as a rookie and then watching him in practices last year, uh, getting a chance to be around the team. And then this year in training camp, watching him. The one thing that I will say about Dan Moore that you cannot take away from this young man is that he is a hard worker. Yeah, The man works his tail off. And yeah. if there's anybody on that offensive line that's going to see a deficiency in his game and do everything in his power to fix it, it's Dan Moore Jr. And that is why I'm holding out some hope about this uh, tackle position because I think Dan Moore can fix it in these couple weeks. And it may take a week or two into the regular season too. But again, as long as it doesn't take all 17 weeks to figure it yeah. out, I think they'll be okay. It's, it's getting hot, man. It's, it's getting very hot for him. And this is what you're up against week one too. Sam Hubbard, who I respect, hell of a player, okay? Mm. Trey Hendrickson is another guy uh, that's that's out there, too. And they also have Joseph Asai in Cincinnati, too. That defense is solid across the edge. And you know this, too. They always have been. Sam Hubbard is a goal harder. Trey yep. Hendrickson, double-digit sack, get her, mm-hmm. Okay. This ain't no easy feat, and they're heavy body guys. Dan got to get out of his head for a little while and say, screw it. I'm taking a fight to you, so see me every single play. That's the approach we're taking right now with this problem that Dan kind of has right now. Right. It's going to be fun to watch, man. We've got two until the regular season. We've got, you know, Cincinnati's coming up, but they've, like you said, they've got time to fix things. Uh, With that said, I think that wraps up the Ramon show for today. Uh, Want to do another one tomorrow? Man, absolutely. And again, congratulations to everybody that made the 53, man. And for the most part, making it out of camp healthy. Heck, here we go. Healthy is the big one. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Take care.